Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Pension funds are recovering, but can a 10% uplift in a month make that much difference to your retirement? If you've missed the stock market rally so far, is there a safer way to dip your toe into the water now? And we have some good news and bad news about green shoots in the property market. All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent. I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my colleagues from FT Money, Charlene Goff. Hello. Alice Ross. Hello. And our special studio guest, Mark Chamberlain, Morgan Stanley's Executive Director for Structured Products. Hello. Hello to you all. Um... Let's start then with this week's money news. On Monday, Aon, the pensions consultants, published figures showing that pension funds have recovered 10% in the past month, thanks mainly to the rises in global stock markets. But for people approaching retirement who've seen their pension funds lose as much as one-third of their value last year, is this enough to rebuild their retirement plans? Or in practical terms, is this a good opportunity to cash in on some of the gains by buying an annuity or taking some tax-free cash in income drawdown. Alice, you've been studying the figures uh, that came out this week. Um, What did Aon's report actually show? Well, it did show this um, 10% uh, rise in the past month for, this is specifically for defined contribution pension schemes, so, you know, occupational workplace pension schemes, not personal pensions, Um, which sounds very good, 10% rise is obviously not to be sneezed at. But they did also point out that uh, pensions would still have to rise a further 32% um, in order to be back at the levels that they were at last, not last September, the September before in 2007, before the credit crunch kind of really took off. So while it sounds good, people's pensions are still going to be probably massively depleted. Yeah, there's there's an awful long way back uh, for some of these funds. Um, If someone is approaching retirement age now, though, but uncertain as to whether the market can continue to rise and and worried about the length of time that they have in order to rebuild their fund. Is there a case for saying, right, I'm going to lock in the 10% that I've made back by buying an annuity right now? There is a case for saying that. I mean, it's a bit of a minefield and all the pension experts admit it's a minefield because you haven't just got the stock market rises to consider. That's the problem. You also have the problem that annuity rates are falling. Um, Now, that's because of the government's policy of quantitative easing, which is causing gilt yields to fall and gilt yields determine how much of a rate on your annuity you can get, so how much income you can get in retirement for life. So that's another factor which isn't necessarily linked to the stock market rises. 
Uh, so you, you're kind of juggling all these things at once. So it is a really difficult decision for people to make retiring at the moment. I mean, what, one thing people do say is that if you wanted to retire very soon um, in the short term within the next few months, then it might be a good time to do it now because the stock markets could fall again and annuity rates could fall further as well. So this might be a, a good time for people in the more short term. And last week we were talking about, uh, on this very show, about phased retirement and taking a little bit of uh, a pension fund at a time. Um, presumably people could try to to do this, to sort of to, to lock in some of the 10% gain they've made in the last month, take a little bit of tax-free cash, use that for uh, the interim period. Exactly. You could do that if you wanted to take, say, maybe 20% of your pension, move it into income drawdown, and then take uh, the, the 25% of that out as tax-free cash that you're allowed to take. Obviously, that would be a, a higher amount because the pension fund would have risen in value. So that could be used to pay off a mortgage or something like that. And in terms of those people who want to hang on for a bit longer and hope that the 10% uplift becomes a 20% uplift and they get somewhere close to where they were in 2007, they kind of need to be still exposed to equities for that. But certain pension funds will move them out of equities as they approach retirement. That's that's another factor to bear in mind, isn't it? Yeah, this is important because a lot of people don't realise that if they have a company pension, um, the what will happen is that the pension is uh, moved into cash and um, often gilts or fixed income before they retire. So maybe in the five years before retirement, the the fund starts being moved out of equities and into these lower risk areas um, in order to protect them from stock market falls. So on the plus side, that might be good for people who were about to retire last year because their pension fund wouldn't hope would hopefully have not fallen as much because a lot of it would have been in cash and fixed income. Um, but on the minus side, any rise that you see now in equities, you'll have to be you know, looking at putting your pension into equities in order to capture some of that rise. Yes, they, they call it lifestyling, don't they? The, lifestyling. The, the move from equities into bonds, but yeah. you kind of need to reverse it if you want to have a decent lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to consider that, yeah. Well, thanks very much for that, Alice. And you can read more uh, on this uh, subject in Alice's article in FT Money with this weekend's FT. And for everything that you need to know about the extent of the challenge now facing pension savers, go online and use a brand new interactive feature on FT.com, the Pensions Crisis Special. Uh, Here you'll find video, interactive graphics, a pension planning calculator tool and an extra bonus edition of the FT Money Show podcast. And it's all at ft.com forward slash pensions crisis. And next Tuesday at three o'clock, we'll also be hosting a special live Q&A on the website with Adrian Bolding of Legal and General answering your questions on how to rebuild your pension. You can post your questions for Adrian right now by visiting ft.com forward slash pensions Q&A. And that's pensions Q ampersand A. Go onto the website, uh, post your question and we'll try to answer it next week. And for all other questions that you have, just email us at the usual address, money at ft.com. Still to come, some good news and bad news on house prices. But first, dipping your toes back into equity markets. Fund managers are sounding increasingly bullish about the prospects for the UK market, with many backing their views with their own money. Last week, a survey of 135 fund managers by Lloyd's TSB UK Private Banking found that they have around £71,000 of their personal portfolios 
in stock market funds. But with many analysts expressing concern that the 24% rise in the FTSE 100 since March the 3rd could prove to be a short-lived rally in an ongoing bear market, advisers are now suggesting using capital-protected structured products to gain exposure. So who better to ask about the pros and cons of structured products uh, than Mark Chamberlain of Morgan Stanley? Uh, Now, Mark, you sell these products. Give us the sales pitch for why they're a good idea. Well, especially at this moment in time, as you you just mentioned, with people still being very, very cautious despite the market rally, not knowing where the market's going to go. Products that um, can offer a degree of um, capital preservation, through through um, through protection and also giving you a defined payoff, so you will not underperform or overperform that payoff. It will do what it says on the tin at maturity. Can give people a level of of, of comfort when dipping their toe back into the equity market, and and or, or it could be for growth. Obviously, it could be for income. So these products can give you a a wide range or meet a wide range of investment needs. And that, that's an interesting point because the. The defined return structured products that you mentioned; mm-hmm. these are the ones that would that would that would kick out after one year, two years, yep. three years, or whatever, and pay, let's say, ten, eleven, twelve yep. percent defined. Are now uh, it would seem not being replaced, but being joined by growth products that will give you X percent of any rise mm-hmm. in a stock market index, but also with a degree of capital protection. So are we going to see more of these stock market-linked growth products? Uh, I, I think so. And, and, and to, to put it into context, these growth products have been around for a long while, although in the last six months, because the pricing environment has been such, income products have, have taken um, precedent. And obviously, because we've had a, there are a lot of clients out there who've come off the back of holding building society bonds, etc., that have matured where they were earning 6s, 7s, 8% yields, they, the replacement is not attractive. So people have been looking at these products because they can or have been able to provide a good level of income. Now, that's that's changing due to market parameters. But growth, um, as you just mentioned, you know, the conversation is turning around to recovery. How do I get access to that? I'm slightly cautious. Is there a way of accessing that in a 100% protected format or a partially protected format to give myself some you know, increased leverage exposure to, a, to an index? And when we talk index in the UK, obviously, the majority of products are purely FTSE linked. And the way these products work is that they give you a hundred and something percent of any rise in the FTSE 100. But as you say, and this is quite important, um, there's either full capital protection, either 100 percent of your original money, or partial protection as long as the index doesn't fall too far. Um, That protection... Mm -hmm is provided by a counterparty. And you know what I'm going to ask you next, yep. don't you? No, I do. Uh, lots of listeners will have heard all about the counterparty risk of products that were backed by Lehman Brothers. Um, explain how counterparties work mm-hmm. and why some are safer than others. Well, let's take, um, let's take the basic... There are two basic components to any product, and that will be when, it, when there's an element of capital protection and there will be a, a bond element which is aiming to grow to your 100 if it's a capital protect, fully capital-protected product and maturity to return your initial capital. And there's also a derivative element, be that put or call option or a combination of, of the two. And in a sense, the yield derived from the bond is used to pay for the optionality. It's as, it's as simple as that. So you have two pieces there. Now, obviously, with Lehman, you had an issue where when Lehman disappeared, a lot of products that they issued, the bond was issued by themselves, and the derivatives 
that gave you any growth or income or exposure to underlying indices, etc., was 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 put together by themselves. So there, therein lies the issue. But you have so you have a counterparty risk to the issue of the bond. You also have a ris- is- risk to the issue of the derivative. Now that could be a different person or a different entity, different bank. So you'd, obviously you'd have to read the literature. But there, therein lies your risk. You have inherent credit risk to the issuer of the of the of the debt and and the derivative. Now, suppose I don't like the idea yes. of having credit risk with uh, an investment bank that I don't feel terribly sure of. What other options have I got? Well, I, this has been a this has been a, a response over the last six months since September. People have come to, to the likes of ourselves and said exactly the same thing. How do I mitigate? those kind of problems or how do I get comfortable with who's providing the backing so I mean providers have and ourselves included tried to respond to that by putting products out there say backed by um, government bonds if you like government bonds still obviously there's a if you think the UK government is still you don't want, yeah, houses. You don't want it to, uh, to do an Iceland obviously um, but but there's there's not much else you can do from a mitigation point of view. You have to go up that curve, provide maybe government backing, uh, G7 bonds, supranation stuff, EIB, World Bank, something like that to give you that credit. You're still obviously you're never going to get away from risk, but you can hopefully temper it down um, uh, by by using those kind of credits maybe rather than using corporates that people were using without question say six months ago. And the amount of risk that you take, or put it another way, uh, the amount of risk that you don't want to take mm-hmm. by choosing perhaps a product that's backed by UK gilts, yes. for example, that's going to affect um, the upside potential, isn't it? You, you have to pay for the protection somehow, and the way you pay is by getting lower returns. Well, that, that's, that's, that's exactly correct. This is the whole the, how these products are put together. It's about risk and reward, and uh, the higher rated bond that goes into the back, e.g. so the, the safer it should be, that they'll be around to pay out the money back to you at maturity, the less we'd have to spend when putting the optionality together or the, you know, the growth or the income element. So higher credit rating, higher comfort, lower return. And you've got, to, you, you've got to look at that trade-off every you, time. You, you do, and every you know for every single um, scenario it's different. So there are products out there with a lower credit rating and a higher reward. It just It's how the individual you know, how it matches the individual's needs. And so if you think one of these products might meet your needs, you've got to look very closely at both the counterparty and the upside. Thank you very much indeed Thank for you. that, Mark. Uh, and for more on the use of structured products um, and the use of these products by some fund managers, uh, look out for my column in FT Money this weekend. And finally today, it's the return of good news, bad news. This week, about the housing market. Um Charlene, uh, estate agents have been sort of turning into horticulturalists um, in recent weeks now, spotting green shoots all over the place. Um, but this week, uh, we seem to have had some genuinely good news. Yes, I think that's right. Um, there has been a gradual drip, drip of good news into the market for the last few weeks now. But so far, most of that has come from estate agents who clearly have a self-interest in, in getting people excited about the property market again. Uh, this week, there has been a bit more concrete evidence of, of greater confidence in the financial markets. And that's driven by investors trading derivatives. Uh, residential property derivatives, basically 
um, making a call on where property prices are likely to go over the next year or so. And at the start of this year, this market was factoring in serious property declines, I think of a, a further 32%. This has narrowed sharply in the last couple of weeks and this market is now only expecting further falls of around 12%, so quite a considerable improvement in what financial investors who you would hope would have a fairly good idea of where the market is going and what they expect. So hopefully that's a bit more good news, if indeed a 12% fall can be construed as good news, but it's better. Certainly better news, and and I think the point you make is spot on. These are traders who have no vested interest in whether... uh, prices fall more or recover, they make money either way or they try to make money. Um, exactly. So th- this does sound like um, better news. What's the bad news, though? Well, the bad news, I suppose, is for people a bit more like us who don't can't access the property market in this way. I mean, this is really the preserve of banks, professional traders, some sophisticated investors, if they really know what they're doing, but the general man on the street wouldn't trade property derivatives, we would hope to enter the housing market while it's cheap. And actually, that is still proving very difficult unless you have significant sums of cash. Uh, Mortgage finance is still very tight. And it's appearing every week we're hearing that there are more and more cash buyers in the market. Actually, at the moment, quite a disproportionate number of cash buyers. Well, those who need to rely on mortgage finance are not seeing the same opportunities, not being able to drive the same bargains and and are getting beaten to the best property deals by those with all this cash. There's also a slight fear that because there is this wall of cash coming in now, uh, this could dry up um, over the next few months and when people need to sort of start relying on mortgage finance again, deals calm down and activity quietens down again and that could put more pressure on prices. So it's looking still quite fragile, the market. Uh, Who are all these cash buyers? Well, I think a a number of investors who really can't get a return on their money elsewhere. I mean, as we know, cash is paying a very minimal return. The stock markets are still looking quite volatile. So it's people who have maybe liquidated assets over the last year or so. Also, uh, while there hasn't been much bonus money this time around, People did get quite large bonuses a year ago and didn't want to put it into property then when prices were falling quite fast. They're now thinking property prices might have bottomed out, so actually they'll use that money they've been saving to go in now and either buy a second home or quite a few parents are buying properties for their children, for instance, in cash. I wish someone would come around and view my flat. Six months on the market and not an offer. Anyway. <laughs> oh, no. uh, thanks for that, uh, Charlene. And for more on how cash buyers and mortgage lenders are affecting house prices, uh, look out for Charlene's article in FT Money and online at ft.com forward slash money. But that's all for this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you can read the latest news every weekday on our website, ft.com forward slash money. And you can send your questions and comments on the show to our email address, money at ft.com. And don't forget to go and have a look at the new Pensions Crisis Interactive special at ft.com forward slash pensions crisis. We'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Charlene, Alice and Mark Chamberlain from Morgan Stanley. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.